kidding me? I said, we're, we'll be sitting down eating meal, and all of a sudden we'll go, huh, we had an earthquake. Would you pass the potatoes, please? I mean, I, we don't have like days ahead of time, weeks ahead of time, or even hours ahead of time. There's going to be an earthquake. How do you people live where there's tornadoes and hurricanes? I don't know. How about the missile strike, the, false, the, the early warning system in Hawaii last year or whenever it was? I think the Malcolms were there, I believe. <clears throat> but uh, were you there, Dan? Well, yeah, so that's kind of interesting, huh? You know, so did you get right with the Lord? Huh? It was interesting, yeah. <clears throat> and they, yeah, so, so early, this is an early, this is a Christian early warning system. It's, it's when you see a brother or a sister in Christ and you think they're going the wrong direction based not upon your own personal preferences, but upon the clear teaching of the Word of God. We have a responsibility to warn them, to lovingly warn them. <clears throat> Admonishing is confronting a brother or sister before they've been overtaken by sin. Admonishing may not be well received. There have been times when I've been admonished, and I'm like, hey, I didn't want to hear it. Uh, but, but later on, I appreciate it. So, so admonishing is warning, warning and exhorting. It's coupled with teaching to impart instruction, to instill doctrine into a situation in someone's mind. Now, listen to this. It's also, this is exciting to me, because the Williams translation of Romans 15, 14 that we read a little while ago uses the word counseling. It's a counseling. Another translation says to correct. And yet another says competent to instruct one another. Are you competent to help a fellow believer who's headed the wrong direction? Are you competent? Trouble is, a lot of us don't feel very competent. We're like, well, who am I to tell so-and-so? Who am I to talk to so-and-so? Who am I to give direction? I worked... As you know, for a hospital, a psychiatric ward, in a hospital for three years when I was in Bible College, St. John's Hospital, <clears throat> and they had they had psychiatrists there who would come in, spend time with the patients, and basically, from what the patients would share with me as an orderly, it was like uh, I'd say, "Well, how'd it go with your doctor?" Well, uh, I sat there and told him what was going on, and, and I asked him, "I said, what do you think the problem is?" And he said, basically, they said, "Well, the doctor would say." What do you think the problem is? Well, I, 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 my mother, I think, dropped me on my head when I was a little kid. Or I, Well, maybe that's what it is. Non-directive type counseling, just kind of looking at all and giving advice. I remember one young man, teenager, who's psychiatrist, he said, his psychiatrist said, what you need to do is go get a bottle of alcohol, go get a girl, go have fun, just let off some steam, and, and things will settle down. You'll be better off for it. And I'm thinking to myself, as a Bible college student, all he's going to do is compound his shame, compound his guilt, uh, compound his problems if he takes the advice of that doctor who is giving him non-directive type of counseling. But, but this is, uh, the idea is biblical counseling, competent to instruct one another. The Greek word is the nutheteo, which from that we get the word nuthetic counseling, which is counseling that has a definite direction to it, uh, answers to it. it. It's not a word that describes a casual guessing of what maybe needs to be done. It's determined. It's strategic. It's purposeful. The Bible is filled with strategic, purposeful, directive, determined counseling principles. And if we know them, we can save people a lot of trouble. 
we can save ourselves a lot of grief. If you really, really love someone, you will overcome your fear of offending them by trying to speak into their life the principles of the Word of God. If, you're, if you walked out of your house tonight and your neighbor, he saw their house was on fire, and, and I guess I should add, if you like them. <laughs> no, either way, you <laughs> forget that past statement there. Okay, so if you saw your neighbor's house on fire, what would you do? You'd go knock on their door. You'd go yell. You'd try to get their attention. If you had to, you'd break the door down to try to get them out and get them to safety because you don't want them to die in the fire. Well, why don't we do the same thing for fellow Christians who are walking in dangerous places or headed for a dangerous place when we know what the Word of God clearly says about going to that place? Why don't we share with them the truth to keep them from making that bad decision? The basis for making for being competent counsel is, is given to us here in the text. It says full of goodness. What does that mean? Because the fact of the matter is that the Word of God also says there is none good, no, not one. Uh, someone asked me this morning about, and we talked about um, total depravity. I, I, I totally I believe that we are, we are sinners and we are depraved and we do not seek after God except the Holy Spirit of God woo us and convict us and convince us and draw us. I believe that we're such sinners, we would just go pell-mell on into hell without any slowing down at all were it not for Almighty God and His reaching out to us. So since it doesn't mean we're perfect, what does it mean? Uh, Because all of sin comes short of the glory of God. What Paul is stating here and what he's teaching is that, uh, that he, he's convinced of their sincerity in their relationship to Christ who becomes our goodness. Our, it's not my righteousness. None of it is. It's God's righteousness in me. I am incapable. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, our righteousness are as filthy rags, which meant garbage and refuse and, and even makes a reference to something I can't even mention in mixed company. So uh, our righteousness is, is, is an odious thing in God's eyes. It's, it's in his nostrils. It's, it, we don't have any. It's the Holy Spirit living within us. So the ministry of admonishing is not for the self-righteous. Christians who are concerned with their walk in Christ, Christians who are connected to the vine, we are the branches and he is the vine. Christians who are dependent upon the Holy Spirit are more competent to counsel by leap years than is Dr. Phil or Dr. Laura, if you remember her. How many remember Dr. Laura? I kind of liked her. I don't know why. She's a little edgy. I kind of liked her. If they don't know Christ as their Savior, they're going to dole out wrong advice. When we give God's solution to problems and God's answers to man's needs, then it's correct. Admonishing when done correctly is not judging others, but instructing them in the right ways for their own good. It also says competent in knowledge. Now, we know that the book of Romans also says there's none that understands, there's none that seeks after God. Yet when we have learned of him, the Spirit teaches us all things. It fills us with, his Holy, with him, with the knowledge of him, and makes us capable of understanding things that the natural man cannot receive. And the natural man cannot understand. 
You take your, your Muslim friends there, that Iman or, or those other guys, with, without the aid of the Holy Spirit, if he'd have read the whole Bible through ten times in two weeks, it wouldn't have made any difference. But because the Holy Spirit was bearing witness with the Word of God, he came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit filling us, that is so necessary. Alex, if you're going to be a discipler, and, and, and if you're going to be a discipler, Nate, and, and Ryan, I guess you're back there. I can't see past about right there. So if you're sleeping right past about here, it's, you're in good shape. I, I won't know it. If you're going to be a discipler, you got to, the Holy Spirit has to control us, absolutely. If you're going to be an accountability partner, it's important you be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to be a pastor, a teacher, a missionary, it's important. It's absolutely important. You are wasting your time if you come here for what I can give you. But if you come for what God can give, in spite of who stands before you, that's what you need. Base your instruction, your direction, your correction, your counseling, your competence to counsel on God's word, not man's philosophies. God's word is forever settled in heaven. Man's laws change, man's philosophies change, culture changes. But God's word is always the same. We've got to be emptied of self and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. What's the proper process for admonishing according to the text? First of all, it must be practiced with deep concern and love. Paul's example in Acts 20, 31 says, Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day. For three years I cease not to warn everyone for night and day with tears. It's got to be practice. It's got to be something we put about 100 people in 100 days. There's not a person out here who, if they wouldn't set their mind to it, could not talk to 100 people in 100 days in the United States of America without fear of reprisal or abuse of any kind. That's a great goal. You've got to practice what we preach. It must be personal. Sometimes there's a tendency to try to address a person and we're trying to admonish them, but we do it to a group because we're too, I don't know, 